Clear Lake, Kima, Galveston Bay, an area of Houston synonymous with NASA and aerospace. Also, the go-to destination for those sailing and boating enthusiasts. When it comes to sailing, there's no better place to visit than Windward Sea Venture located in Kima. This is Sea Venture Radio, a weekly radio show dedicated to those who love life on the bay. All right. Uh, welcome to Sea Venture Radio, powered by Windward Sea Venture here on Final Draft Radio. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. And um, as always, you can come see us on Pier 3 in lovely Waterford Harbor or keep follow us on Facebook or Instagram or give us a call at 281-467-2279. Um, or email uh, windwardseaventure.com. Um, super special show uh, today. Uh, for a lot of people, anybody that's been around the lake over 10 years for sure, um, some old friends, uh, a little bit of history of the Clear Lake area joining us today. For any of you that have been around that long and remember the big Trimaran Ultra that used to be the premier party boat, charter boat on the lake. Uh, many, 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 many good stories uh, on that boat. Some we can talk about, some we can't. Um, <laughs> but uh, Bill and Joanne Harris uh, are joining us today, and we're not going to spend time talking about the weather and all those things because as uh, Bill said when we were off air, he said, well, it sucks. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> well, Andy's right, especially when uh, coming from where they've been, um, or at least where Ultra is now down in Panama, um, but uh, Bill and Joanne Harris uh, from the Trimaran Ultra, these used to be in South Shore, uh, been off on an adventure for about nine years now, I think. They left and have been cruising, uh, done the East Coast, the Eastern Caribbean, and uh, are in Panama now. And enough of uh, rambling and hearing from me, uh, Bill, um, introduce yourselves to those of you that don't know more about you and uh, how uh, Ultra came to existence. Well, my name is Bill Harris, and uh, originally lived in San Antonio, and uh, operated the Ultra from um, the uh, South Shore Harbor, and uh, did it as a weekend adventure. Uh, the reason for the boat was that I had sailed a 30-foot hunter down through the Caribbean uh, for a year and a half, spent about $10,000 on a year and a half adventure to Grenada and back, sold the boat, started a new life as a school teacher and doing other things. Uh, but had the dream of uh, getting back into the boating industry, saw down in the Caribbean lots of uh, charter boats making good money, so I thought that was a good idea to get in the charter business. Uh, couldn't afford one, no one would loan me the money, so we uh, bought the plans and actually built the boat in our backyard. And it's, it was licensed uh, for 49 passengers. For 26 years it was the largest passenger carrying sailboat in the state of Texas. Still might be, but uh, don't know, we've been gone so long. So uh, the market slowly uh, deteriorated, and uh, I did too. I got older and older, decided to, uh, this is a good time to go cruising. So we closed the business, and uh, Joanne, my lovely wife, uh, was a crew member, as well as Daryl was one of our captains aboard the boat for years and years and years. Um, so we worked as a, a team and had a wonderful time, and we decided to close the business and go sail for five years. We committed to a five-year cruise. And now we've been out actually 10 years, and we've been up to Annapolis, uh, down. We've been over through the Bahamas uh, quite a few times, and then moved the boat down through the Eastern Caribbean, up and down, I don't know, a bunch of times. Uh, and then finally decided to move the boat back up towards um, the northern Eastern Caribbeans, up through um, uh, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, Haiti, and uh, Grand Cayman, and then back on down to... Honduras uh, yeah. and Guatemala, Panama, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the boat's been in uh, Panama now for about three years. Uh, it's We move it quite a bit, but it has a home base there, and uh, the boat stays there at a marina in the Caribbean side of the Panama Canal called Colon. Uh, and it's... Um, it's a great location because you get to see every boat that's going through. Um, the small ones, the single sailors, the multi-million dollar yachts going through. Um, anyway, so we get to see and meet a lot of people and stay in contact with these people that are making their way to the Marquesas or people that have come from the Pacific side and uh, want to go see what the Caribbean is. 
What's what's the length overall? How big a boat is that? Uh, it's kind of funny. Um, it was uh, designed um, as a forty-six foot trimaran. Uh, when you build your own boat, it's the short man syndrome. So I decided to uh, extend it, and I extended it out to fifty-five foot. Uh, my neighbor came by and looked at it and said, you need to paint that thing yellow, and uh, you could call it the Great Banana Boat, because <laughs> I didn't know how to design and didn't, uh, I just took the original length of the, the, the hull itself and just kept continuing the, the stern up. So it started coming up, and uh, so I put some black paper over the back and cut it back down to 53, and then applied for my uh, liquor license and found out I had to be 55. <laughs> so I cut off my liquor license. So in the state of Texas, we never had a liquor license. Uh, we did operate it in Key West and did have a liquor license there. And because a liquor license lost a fortune of money, so it was not a good idea. Huh. I guess that's the kind of thing you need to look into before you cut the hey, boat off. Hey, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was wondering, because you said how, 40, how many people it was? Yeah. Uh, we call them 49 happy drunks. Wow. And uh, we, the way we operated it, they could bring their own liquor on board, so we had no control of that. Uh, we had a margarita machine on board, so they could uh, spike the margarita machine and uh, do stuff like that. In Key West, uh, you could not blend the two. You either had to be... Uh, controlled liquor or uh, bring your own and so we were con controlled liquor because we felt that was a more of a profitable deal but sure. the insurance was incredibly high so i think it'd been better if you could have kept it as bring your own liquor and how how high is incredibly high uh, our insurance was seventeen thousand for six months <laughs> so that's a heck of a nut to break <laughs> and then of course the dock space in key west is very limited not the dock space a lot of dock space in key west not so much for a boat that's 26 foot wide but a lot of dock spaces there the problem is you have to have parking places and for a boat that holds 49 passengers i think we had 17 parking places or something like that and uh that's almost impossible to find 17 parking places and what the operator did that had the property, he basically put three boats on those parking places, the Furies, Sebago, which are still operating down there. And our boat was, uh, all the cars technically were piled up on top of each other, you know, technically. But nobody drives a car down in Key West, you park it. And I would guess I would guess a lot of the people down there are on vacation and they don't rent a car to go to Key West. So you probably, you know, almost walk. Exactly, yeah, it's a great little place to do all the walking and drinking and walking and falling down yeah. and stuff like that there you go you have a drink on the way to the boat and a drink on the way back from the boat you and, don't have to drive and a couple in between <laughs> <laughs> yep excellent so joanne um i remember i mean it, it just seems like another lifetime ago when we both were crewing on the boat and then uh, y'all ended up getting married and uh, just some of the things i and i still when i hear some of the um uh, the the brandy, uh, what a fine girl! And I, I hear some of those songs, I just instantly think back to some of the experiences on Ultra. And ah, super fun! Yeah, super fun uh, memories of working on the boat and all the great uh, people that we met when we had that life before. Yes, it seems like a lifetime ago, but uh, yeah, great memories of chartering and doing all the corporate stuff. And now we come back to our old stopping grounds every time we come back to Clear Lake and. Oh, yeah, I remember that, remember that, and so fun, and great memories, and seeing you guys, of course, is lovely, too. Yeah, uh, and I'll tell you, there, and Laurie and I have brainstormed, and we've been on the internet looking for uh, in the certified or Coast Guard-inspected vessels and things like that, because there has really been a void that y'all filled on the lake since you left that's not there. Uh, we've got the big... Because our boats, of course, are limited to 12 people because they aren't Coast Guard inspected. Um, and then they've got the Houston Party boats and some of the others, but they're basically just a barge. I mean, some of them are it's so enclosed, it's like you don't even really realize you're on yeah. a boat. Uh, right. You're just on a moving restaurant that you're sitting at a table. I mean, you were as a true experience when you went out yeah. on Ultra. Yeah. I always uh, jokingly say I thought of it as a uh, an adult daycare almost not uh, i mean because <laughs> yeah. uh, y'all had the costumes for the village people and all yeah. the different games and go by the boardwalk and blair ymca and all the people would be dancing and uh 
I mean, just truly letting loose and enjoying themselves and getting out of the hustle and bustle of sitting in Houston traffic and things like that. And there's there's nothing like that here now. Uh, yeah. it's, and I uh, really wish I could figure out a way to get something like that yeah. going again. Well, now that you brought it up, we might make a deal. <laughs> right. We just might make you a deal. All right. We'll talk about that all day. Right? <laughs> yeah, there you exactly, go. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it is. I mean, there's not much like that or anything like that now. And uh, it was a good times. Uh, and it was a, I think it was a Facebook post or Instagram post or something that South Shore posted a month or so ago. And I had to take a double take because I know what South Shore looks like now. And I looked in the picture and I was like, that's ultra. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah. used old photographs. They, yeah. used, they did. And uh, that was kind of a... Uh, blast of memory lane to see that um so i guess kind of what at what point i mean you said is it kind of age was a factor and the business was a factor but um what were some of your preparations to uh to finally throw off the lines and uh, get ready to go yeah you want me to take it or you got it well, yeah, you'll take it, okay. but let me just say that it took us three times to. <laughs> of course, actually, he's going to take it. Of course, um, it took us three times to untie. We were ready to to leave and go, and then we said, "No, we we're having too much fun. It was secure income. We had that niche uh, extremely well for the sailing activity. So we said, "Well, let's just stay another year." So I think we delayed three years, and then finally. Joanne said, we're going now. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we loved it. We absolutely loved it. And we have such great memories. And the chemistry just was so great with our all of our clients that we had became like our family and friends. And then the chemistry, like Bill said, between us, um, working together as a husband and wife and together forever, 24-7. And it worked out great. And then having you guys work with us, it was just, it, it clicked and it was really good. But then... You know, one day you just have to say, I have to go. I have to yeah. go do, I have all these dreams of my life. And um, and that year when we left, we had like five really close members, um, close friends that passed away. So it makes you kind of wake up and go, I've worked all this time, I need to go. And uh, you can always come back and work. You know, it gives you confidence to know that you can come back and start again if you have to, but at least you've taken that time to go and um, yeah. live your dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's something, I mean, with the sailing school and the charters and so many people, I mean, Kevin, you know, I mean, we sit here and watch these people, they buy, they, they learn to sail, they get a boat, they buy a boat, and they just sit in the slip. Uh, I think it's so important. I tell them, I was like, if this is what you want to do, you need to set a date. And I don't care if you've got everything done on the boat that you need. And as long as you're, a, I mean, obviously set the date with yeah. reasonable expectations, yeah. but you're never going to have it perfect. Absolutely all, never. Sale magazine is going to have some new gadget that you think you're going to need or whatever. And at some yeah. point, you just got to. And you don't you need go. it. You don't. <laughs> yeah. You think you need it. No. But I swear you don't but, need but it. But we left, with, we left with Ben's in the main salon um, when we left the dock. And we just said, that's it. We're going because it's never going to be perfect. And it's never going to be exactly the way we want it. But everything, the safety part of it good and what you need the essentials are good just go because you'll have lots of time to fix your boat in exotic places <laughs> yeah lots of time underneath those palm tree islands and yeah exactly yeah and it's um yeah we don't regret it because we said we're glad we've done it and uh, it's hard getting off that treadmill when you first go you're like ah, take a deep breath and then once we got out you know just keep going on and we went all the way to the bahamas that first year and then went up the east coast of the U.S. and down to Grenada and up again and down again and up again. And then you just say, you know, you look back and you say, I'm glad I did it. It's yeah. good. Yeah. For the listeners that are wondering about that, in the Caribbean, the eastern Caribbean, the islands are pretty much set about 40 miles apart. So you can sail away from an island for 20 miles and maybe lose sight. And then for maybe two or three hours, you have no sight of land. But you left and you're still going the same way. You're going to pick up the the silhouette yeah the silhouette of it and so it's not that uh difficult once you're in the eastern caribbean uh, the island hop yeah yeah the island hop Mm -hmm. it's just and it obviously a lot of wind blows between those islands you got the uh, trades through there but uh, everything is uh, that we did was always uh, predicated on weather if the weather was good then we went if it was you know if it's not good then you stay if you're in a situation where you have to leave the country because you've overstayed your welcome not 
what do you call it, uh, legally that you have to leave, then uh, you can get a crunch time there and you have to leave and you might have to go out in, in questionable weather. We never did that. We had friends that stayed to the last minute and said, all right, we're going to leave, and then you got some junk out there that is not a good idea. But um, I think if you always mind the weather and give yourself some time for weather to pass, then uh, it's very simple, very easy to do. Yeah. And, and the forecasting has gotten to be so much better. Oh, yeah, big time, absolutely. way better in the and beginning. I'm glad you mentioned Ooh. that. We used uh, Chris Parker, a little ad for Chris Parker. He's um, a friend of ours and a, the weather guru guy. We yeah. didn't know him to start off with, but uh, have shared meals with him. And he's a, he's a really nice down-to-earth guy, but does an incredible job on weather. And I think his service is around, around about 300 bucks for the year. And if you want to customize it, he'll customize it. Uh, um, He'll call you, you can call them. You can also receive emails, weather faxes. I mean, all this stuff that he can provide. But like yeah. you said, you can do it on your own. If yeah. you're confident and do it on your own, you can do that and save yourself $300. And uh, you can learn as you go. And when we left, even though we had uh, uh, about 26 years of chartering here in uh, the Clear Lake area, we weren't really great blue water sailors. Uh, we had chartered in Tahiti and uh, Borombora and Bahamas and yeah. Greece and um, yeah, we've been yeah we've been lots of places. But you know, once you get out there, especially when you get out there with your own boat and you see what your boat can do, it's like ah oh, yeah. Today yeah. we're gonna get our butt kicked, but tomorrow it's gonna be good. So just take the good and the bad and. Um, yeah, it is what it is, and, it, it, and I think um, also Bill can also say this too, I'm sure, that it makes you, doing the cruising life, makes you realize how strong you are. Because you think, ah, you know, I led the yuppie life or whatever and corporate life and did all this stuff on land, and then all of a sudden you leave and you're like, oh my gosh, the dinghy broke loose in the middle of the night on the way to the Bahamas in the Gulf Stream. That was a fun day. Yeah, <laughs> fun night. And so we had this experience and we're like, Oh my gosh, was that like 40? And Bill said, how long do you think that took to get all that organized and scary and everything? Ah, like 45 minutes. After that, we see Miami, the lights of Miami like going by. Ah, it was like four hours or some ridiculous thing. But then you realize, you know, the next day you go, wow, I'm really strong in my mind, my body. I can do this. And um, so, yeah, it makes you know that uh, you can do a lot that you didn't think you could do. Following up on that, when we got to Bimini uh, on that passage, the dinghy, Davit broke off, and um, thing was upside down. The engine's upside down, so it got all wet. Uh, it's middle of morning, probably in the four Christmas day, yeah, four or five in the morning, uh-huh. dark, and we had to put a line around me. I had to get on the dinghy and write the dinghy full of water, inflatable dinghy full of water. But the t- as a team, we worked it out, got it all good. Get to Bimini, and on the way in. Uh, we had no reservations. We we're going to anchor out, but now with the dinghy problem, we got to go into marina. We call and uh, on the radio, we just mentioned that we had a drowned engine uh, outboard. Anybody know what to do with the ground a drowned outboard? And this guy comes back and says, "Yeah, you bring it in here. We've got a 55-gallon drum of water, and you dump it in in fresh water." And I went. No, it just got out of water. <laughs> Why would it? But that was his. It was his solution, and he's absolutely right. You dump yep. it into fresh water right away, and uh, then we had the broken davit problem. We're in Bimini, which, if you've been there today, it's it's that was ten years ago. So yeah. Bimini today has grown quite a bit. But we got on the radio and said we have this stainless steel problem. How do we get that fixed? And there's another boater that had a, a rig that can uh, weld stainless steel. Came over and they had a, a big party. They had a big party for us and welcomed us, and we said, "Ah, oh, the cruising life. This, this is, is our first life. welcome." Yeah. After we left Miami, you know, it was our first welcome to the cruising life. So we said, "Ah, oh, yeah, this yeah. is great." Excellent. Well, let's take a break here. Like I said, I knew we had a lot to talk about. I think we could have a whole show, not just an episode, <laughs> on uh, y'all's life. But uh, let's go ahead and take a break. Uh, thanks for listening to Stevens Radio here on uh, uh, Vinyl Draft Radio, and we'll be right back. Sea Venture Radio is powered by Windward Sea Venture Sailboat Charter Company, an ASA certified sailing school, providing sailboat chartering and sailing lessons on Clear Lake for over 20 years. Call 281 467 2279 or go to windwardseaventure.com. And while you're there, check out Clear Lake's newest ultimate floating object, Windward's Wayward Pub, now available for sunset happy hours, lake tours, and more. Windward Sea Venture, located on Pier 3 in Waterford Harbor, Kima, Texas. We'll be right back. 
back to Sea Venture Radio, powered by Windward Sea Venture on Pier 3 in Waterford Harbor, Kima, Texas, with sailboat chartering services and ASA certified sailing classes. Call 281 467 2279 or visit windwardseaventure.com. Welcome back to Sea Venture Radio, powered by Vinyl Draft Radio. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to Sea Venture Radio, powered by Windward Sea Venture on Vinyl Draft Radio. We're here with Bill and Joanne Harris of Ultra. Um, like I say, I'm going to cut through it. Uh, we uh, talked a little bit about the history here in um, Clear Lake and uh, what in Ultra when it was here, and now it's uh, back out on the water. And a little quick uh, talk about the trip to Bimini and the in early on adventures of the uh, cruising lifestyle of the last 10 years. Um, so what do you think was early on was some one of the, I don't know, more valuable life or learning experiences about cruising and what you might not have expected originally other than broken davits? What? Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. I think that... I have mine. Bill has his. Yeah, no, obviously. <laughs> no, go ahead. We are a partnership. but uh, And that's one thing that's important is that you... We feel that you have to be a partnership in this sailing. If, if the spouse is not into this thing, then you have to gradually introduce your spouse to cruising and not jump out and do white-knuckle stuff. If you do, our experience is that you're going to ruin the, the, the adventure. Uh, the spouse is not going to be happy with it. and uh, We've seen a lot of couples, yeah, not make yeah. it. And, like, for us, it's good because we already had that chemistry and all those years of working together that we – we're, you know, we, we're confident in each other. We trust each other with your life because you must do this. And some of the people that we met, they're like, oh, I don't know. I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't, I don't trust the boat. I don't trust my spouse that they're going to protect me and this and that. So I think we had that bond right away um, that, uh, yeah, really made it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. And when we left originally, we um, t- the goal was to shoot across the uh, Gulf to get into Key West. Weather was not the best, and so we deviated and got back in the intercoastal and ran a long ways in the intercoastal. Uh, I just remember we at least went up into the Mississippi, so we ran from here to the Mississippi uh, in the intercoastal. Because that year the weather was, yeah, so so much. Not good weather. Northers. And and then we hooked across the the top of uh, Florida, the northern part of Florida, scooted across there maybe to Clearwater, and then uh, went all the way down to... Uh, Fort Jefferson, which is at the end of the Key West, and hooked around, and then got into uh, the Bahamas. And running in the Bahamas, it's such shallow water, and it's such beautiful clear water. Uh, super, super friendly people, helpful people. So that made everything for us easier because we kind of slowly got into the cruising life and uh, experienced uh, other cruisers. There's hundreds of cruisers in a place called Georgetown and maybe there's too many cruisers over there uh, because it's kind of a, a clan of cruisers but there's so many people that can help you if you have a problem with whatever you got going on in your boat and we did buy a new outboard there yeah, yeah. we did buy we replaced our outboard just because we were worried about it but then we made our way all the way down to Grenada and we island hopped all the way and then you start meeting buddy boats and having fun and then you start getting into like it's not just fixing my boat and we did flood our engine a couple of times the main engine, mm-hmm. a couple of times. So we learned all about anti-siphon devices, so it's hmm. very important. Yep, and we've coached a lot of people on that that have had that happen. So, But it's all these things that happen, but it's great to know you can depend on yourself. And we were telling a lot of um, people, we were talking about that at Happy Hour last night with Daryl, saying that you, if you can have a skill, knowing how to work on your engine or refrigeration or do some things on your own boat, because if you don't, you will either be paying lots of money or be spending lots of time not living your sailing life because you'll be stuck at the dock, not able to move. Yeah? Yeah. And and, uh, Ultra is a big boat, but it wasn't big because we needed a big boat. We needed a big boat for the charter business to pay for it. Now the boat's paid for. Now for the two of us, it's too big a boat. Um, We can handle it okay, but the winches are bigger, the sails are bigger, the everything, it lines, everything is bigger, therefore everything's more expensive to replace. But it's paid for. But it's paid for. But... uh, for those listeners that say, well, I only have a 28-foot boat. From here to the Bahamas, um, there's many, many people that we know that have, I call that a small boat for blue water sailing. Mm-hmm. But there's many people out there that are solo sailors going around the world and 
28 foot, 30 foot boats. And I, I'm not that I'd do it, but they're, they're out <laughs> but there. But lots doing of them, it, they know. go around and around yeah. and around again. We they met them. And uh, it's, it's doable. Um, um, are you, uh, so Ultra is a single screw? Yeah, it's a single screw. Um, I would imagine eight. that uh, handling in the intercoastal is probably not as easy with uh, one screw, or is it got yeah, enough yeah. rudder to. No, it's. it's uh, we changed the rudder once, um, rebuilt the rudder, and made it almost like a barn door. It, the rudder is gigantic, and uh, the engine is 85 horsepower when the design called for a 55 horsepower. So we're over horsepowered. We have a three blade prop. Um, so we have good stopping ability. I have good maneuverability to port. I can turn the boat, spin the boat to, <laughs> to, right. to port. Forget it. If we go into a marina or something, a slough or whatever, and we've got to turn it to starboard, we might as well just sell it back up in there because you can't turn it around that way. And most boats have a similar sure. problem. I notice that the monohulls come into the marina backwards and going i couldn't do that I, I i'm very envious of the fact that this guy is doing this going in the thing at five knots backwards i'm going that's not going to happen on our boat yeah. but yeah well okay that was, that was my question all right <laughs> yeah the in, in regards to our boat uh we started out very very basic we had uh, a um well the first boat just had loran and a compass but uh we're way past that now but we had a uh, Raymarine uh, chart plotter. Our boat neighbor, who is also a licensed captain, Joanne is also a, a licensed captain with a 100-ton license, and uh, she is uh, one step above me because she has a towing endorsement, and I don't have a towing endorsement. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you hear about that all the time. That's for that reason. I have to clean the toilets. <laughs> what? I don't understand. It makes no sense at all, but I, I have to clean the toilets. Um, but the, the, uh, our friend said, you do not need this um, chart plotter. You should just need a laptop and do all your navigation on a laptop. And we said, no, 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 no. The, the boat company can afford one. We'll put, put one on there. And today, he's, this 10 years later, he's absolutely right. We run with both the um, laptop. We can do it on an uh, iPad. We can do that also. I have an iPad at my uh, helm station. We have the laptop where she sits, uh, and then um, we have the chart plotter. So we have three redundant systems. Um, but you need it, yeah. You but in reality, you mm -hmm. can run with the iPad and. And a then the Megiots have we, we talked to you and had happy hours with with the their stuff. Their equipment goes out, and then they end up using their phone to navigate all the way back to Florida. Yeah, yeah. you know so. Well, yeah. I, I think that the, the reason why a chart plotter is so expensive is mostly just all it's marinized and they design yeah. it so you can, you know, mount it outside and all yeah. the rest yeah. of that. Yeah. And you can see it outside. Exactly. Yeah. You know. and, and that's a good point. The iPad is very difficult to see. Out yeah. The sun. Yeah. yeah. But we we have three steering wheels on the boat because that's the way we build it. It's not necessary. It was for docking purposes. But so it has three helms. And uh, so now we um, when. Daryl was aboard, and we were chartering. We did everything outside. All the char all the helm work was outside. Today, ninety five percent is done inside. So because now you're you know you're getting wet and cold and hmm. yeah out in the cockpit and so yeah we could hide out a little. I'm just bit. getting old, and the beer <laughs> is inside. It's not outside. So. <laughs> and then we rotate. Every, yeah, we have rotations of every four hours when we're underway and do our long uh, yeah longer distance sailing and stuff. We're not real strong on that. If we don't, if we're three hours and we've had it then uh, we'll say, all right, you got to take the wheel for a couple hours. <laughs> and then um, uh, I, I was just thinking of a funny story that happened. On, on, I already on, know. Uh, I know him too well. So uh, you might want to maybe edit, <laughs> edit this one out. But we were making a long passage. Our uh, autopilot failed. It's, you know, a boat. Um, don't, if you're going to go out and do sailing, don't think that the boat's a, it was a brand-new boat's going to work. All the time, things are going to fail. It's just, it's just a boat. New boat, old boat, doesn't matter. It doesn't make. Everything's it, broken. It's, it, yeah, we say everything's broken. We just don't know it yet. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. uh, our, our, uh, we were heading towards um, uh, Grand Cayman, and um, we were going against the wind, going the wrong direction. But that's the way we had to go. So we were doing it at in the evening, at night. There's a advantage of the wind coming off the mountains. If you uh, get up close to the uh, shoreline on the south side of those islands, you can actually do quite well. And then about midday, you have to quit because the sail, the wind 
comes out of the uh, uh, opposite direction and kills your speed. So anyway, um, we uh, I was at the helm and Joanne was uh, sleeping and I had to urinate. I guess you can say that. On, yeah. So I had to do. <laughs> And so there's a Dixie cup there, uh, no, a solo cup there. So I couldn't leave the helmet because I'm steering. So I just relieved myself in the uh, solo cup, put it back in there, right, right there behind me. And so drove the boat for maybe another hour or so. And then it was her turn to take the wheel. I said, all right, this is what we got. You see we, where it's going? Yeah. There's nothing over here. There's no ships. We have uh, some radar here. We got this and this. You got clear sailing. And I'm going to go to bed. So I go to bed and then I hear a scream. <laughs> and apparently she thought it was because we make homemade drink. ginger beer on the boat and so uh. non-alcoholic yeah. <laughs> and i made that and i thought oh god it's so um, great he poured me some ginger beer oh and so you were worried about the word urinate yeah. <laughs> just the word was gonna be and offensive. i drank bill's pee it was really i was really mad this is bonding <laughs> <laughs> god. i was super upset yeah i can't i don't know i can't see why what's <laughs> teamwork that's true I wouldn't drink or eat anything that she prepared uh, for about a year afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. just reminded her. I'm definitely going to pay attention to what I drink this <laughs> evening. You just refreshed her memory. I can hear it now. I'm going to be like, Daryl, try this. Try this. <laughs> try this is some really good ginger beer. It is ginger beer. Uh. It's just not real fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's oh, true. Well, we're speaking of ginger beer, and this is, I think, a, a funny story. Okay, yeah. Oh. yeah so a, a, a good friend of ours... Um, He's getting carried away here. ...made a... Uh, a, a Coke bottle of uh, ginger beer, but they put rum in it, which is perfect. But they didn't tell us what it was, so they just gave it to us. They dumped all their food because they were flying back to Canada, so they dumped all this stuff. They gave all this stuff in the refrigerator, yeah, to us, and it was just in a small water bottle, and they didn't tell us what it was. And I left it sitting out because I thought I'll just throw it away later. In the sun. And I left it out on the counter, yeah, outside. And we were running down from Panama to Colombia, and there's a spot there that the FARC were very active in, and uh, it's everybody knows about it. I mean, it's it's common knowledge, and the, either the police will tell you or the um, uh, their Coast Guard will tell you just don't go there. Just you know, there's a there's actually a, a Scottish fort there. Don't go there, and just don't anchor there, and you're okay. You don't want to be a witness to anything on any of the activity. Now that's all been cleared up. The FARC and the government have got together i don't know what that means <laughs> <laughs> okay so you just have to avoid that area there you go. And that's a better way to say so we go by and um we get down do our clearing we coming back uh, two or three or four days later and i wanted to get close to to see if i can see the fort with the uh, binoculars i can't see anything joanna's sleeping at the time it's her sleep time and uh i see a boat coming out from the peninsula there and I oh and I'm looking with the binoculars and it's coming right at us and I get it's getting close enough that I can see there's five guys on the boat and there's seldom do you see five locals fishing five guys mm-hmm. don't fish three guys most two guys normally but sometimes three but five that's too many guys to go out fishing just have to be aware so I wake up Joanne we have a little emergency procedure that we've gone through in case you know boardings and things like that and so I we're talking about this she has a binoculars i said you know what do you see she says i see five guys that are getting close and uh about that time we hear this explosion we hear something hit our window we see all this water on the window and we go oh they shot something at us so we we're under sail but power also and so we try to steer away and uh the boat that's i would say coming our way he diverts and he goes away and so it was just a water. It I'm was, liking this story. Yeah, right. <laughs> so they, it turns out it was just a water taxi boat, and we thought it was coming towards us. And then yeah. the explosion was that bottle. It was a ginger beer. <laughs> yeah, that she given us, but because we left in such haste, you know, from the dock to try to. It, it must have sat there five days and, and finally just cooked and cooked, and it couldn't take yeah. it. And the little end, you know, the screw top on a Coke bottle, yeah. uh, blew out and uh, hit went, the window. We hit the window, but. Yeah. It went through a little uh, PVC handy carrying case that she would put junk in. Went right through that uh, PVC, so it was that strong. So 
they must have come out trying to sell us lobster, give us fish, give us <laughs> <Did> they <laughs> heard that? And, and they think we're shooting at them, and we think they're shooting at us. Both of us scared to death, and it was over ginger beer. It didn't help. It was terrible weather. Oh, yeah, that was a memorable experience, that's for yeah. sure. Well, I think I'm going to stay away from ginger beer <laughs> altogether. Yeah, right. As long as you know. Yeah, exactly. The trick is just don't save it. Drink it real fast. <laughs> yeah. it works really hold your well. nose if, it's, if it tastes funny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, I think we're going to take one more break here, and I'll be right back with our last segment. Uh, the, you're listening to Sea Venture Radio, powered by Windward Sea Venture on Vinyl Draft Radio. We'll be right back. Sea Venture Radio is powered by Windward Sea Venture Sailboat Charter Company, an ASA certified sailing school, providing sailboat chartering and sailing lessons on Clear Lake for over 20 years. Call 281 467 2279 or go to windwardseaventure.com. And while you're there, check out Clear Lake's newest ultimate floating object, Windward's Wayward Pub, now available for sunset happy hours, lake tours, and more. Windward Sea Venture, located on Pier 3 in Waterford Harbor, Kima, Texas. We'll be right back. Back to Sea Venture Radio, powered by Windward Sea Venture, on Pier 3 in Waterford Harbor, Kima, Texas, with sailboat chartering services and ASA certified sailing classes. Call 281-467-2279 or visit windwardseaventure.com. All right, welcome back to Sea Venture Radio, powered by Windward Sea Venture here on Vinyl Draft Radio. We're here with Bill and Joanne Harris of Sailing Vessel Ultra. Um, a lot of great stories from the boat and a lot of great stories uh, from y'all's cruising experiences and adventures. Um Probably one of my most memorable moments on the boat was when y'all were in Grenada and uh, Laurie and I were getting married and we were thinking of all the different ways uh, to get married. And I mean, you hear the horror stories of how much money people spend on one day and all those different things. And, uh, and we both were, she was starting to get into sailing. I mean, she's from West Texas, so she didn't know much about water, period, much less boats, but uh, starting to get in her, um, into sailing. And I think I sent y'all an email or something, and I said, where are y'all at? And they all said Grenada, and I was like, y'all mind if we come and, and we'll go to wherever wherever y'all were? We didn't care where it was. We were going to go and get married on Ultra. And y'all, and y'all opened up, uh, welcomed us with open arms, and we were like, cool. So we went to Grenada, uh, just the immediate family. We didn't have a big wedding. Um, and we uh, went down there, and it was Still probably one of the coolest experiences of my life. I mean, obviously, to get married, uh, the woman I love, Laurie, and all that. Um, but just the cruisers. I mean, the whole marina. People we didn't even know. And literally to the point, there was a guy, I don't know if y'all remember, that had sailed in from Germany. That, and he got there like the night before. And he woke up and like came out on the dock and started helping put up flowers and things. <laughs> and, uh, right. I mean, just uh, everybody just uh, joined in and was so gracious and welcome and participated. And uh, it made it really a cool experience. And then, of course, the day of the wedding, we go out and uh, we have the bishop um, come out on the boat. Female. Female bishop that came out on the boat to actually conduct the ceremonies. And uh, we go right out of St. George's there, and it's really windy. So the, the bishop's robe is blowing all around in the wind. So I, I grab it and t- kind of help um, in the front. hold it down. Hold it down. <laughs> in, in the front. In the front. <laughs> in the front. And uh, so we go through the whole ceremony and everything. And, of course, after it's over, Bill comes up to me, and he was like, you got a lot of nerve holding the bishop's crotch throughout your wedding ceremony. <laughs> Like perfect. It went wonderfully. It was uh, very unusual because you're holding Lori's hand and you're holding the bishop's crotch <laughs> at the same time. I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. And then I, yeah, and it was tough because then I had to put the ring on. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I need both hands for that. <laughs> uh, but it was a great time and. Uh, like you uh, mentioned at the break, Bill, is a unique circumstance. We um, did the bottle, a note in the bottle, and we put 
married this date at these coordinates and uh, web or not a web, but an email address, and I put it in the bottle. And about a year later, I think something like that, Laurie and I both get emails. I thought it was spam. I didn't even open it. It said something about a note in a bottle, and I was like, "Well, this is—I'm not even going to open this. This is spam." And Laurie opened it, and it was a couple that was in Florida for a wedding, and they found that bottle on the beach and sent us an email, and they—they uh, they found that bottle. That was pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah. From, yeah. From Grenada to go all the way up there, it's. Uh, and do it within a well we don't even know how long it takes right they found it within let's say a year just for someone to find it was amazing and I remember the best part that I remember about that too was of course your wedding was awesome and everybody the marina was super fun memories for us too because that was our second home was Grenada and the Port Louis Marina but um, when Lori uh, when your family came and it was so fun we had a great party and everything and then I said oh yeah so what are you gonna do what's your plan and she goes we were hoping we could stay with you aboard Ultra. And I said, wow, we spend your honeymoon with us. Yeah, for That's nine. That's kind of weird. Yeah, and I was like, wow, we must be super special if we want to spend your nine-day honeymoon on our boat. And, and it was great. And then when you brought the bishop, I went, oh, this is yeah. really cool. <laughs> no, it was, it was she awesome. She brought the beer. It was so good. Yeah, we yeah. said they must really love us to spend their honeymoon with us. So we cleared out the crew bed, and y'all stayed with us. And it was great because we never have anybody. And since then, I've never had anybody. St- well, Maggie is one, but that just, yeah. Anyway, we know her too. So we we never had anybody stay with us that long because <laughs> so we no, nobody else could come back. No, it was <laughs> awesome. No, no, it's just because the chemistry has to work on a boat, as y'all know. Because if it doesn't uh, yeah. work, yeah, even two people can't make it on a boat yeah. by themselves, much less four. And it was we have great memories of that. Super fun. And Lori wanted to make pina coladas all the time. So fun. Yeah, it was great. We I, loved it. I, there was some. F- funny things that I remember, and we also set some first that you might be aware of. It was the very first wedding that this marina ever had in the marina um, on a boat. Now, they had weddings in the restaurant, but never a wedding on the boat. Where the entire marina got involved, yeah. Well, we're, they were the, yeah. the very first people to get um, right. married in the marina on the boat. Yeah. Technically, we just set it all up on the in the marina, but we left the dock to go get married out in the water. Yeah. And the other one was Joanne had participated in the carnival with the costumes and all that stuff, and she was a part of a band, and she was part of this band twice and two years in a row. And um, the band that had was the, the steel drum mm-hmm. guys. I think there are two or three guys came on board. Those were the guys that participated for your wedding, played the steel drum pans, and. Um, they had also won the uh, the best uh, band in the uh, Grenada. Yeah, tw- Grenada. twice in a row. Yeah. Twice oh, in a row. They so, were great. They yeah, were number they were one. Great. This is the first time that you've been married that you want to talk about. Aye, aye, aye. And uh, so there was a couple of firsts there. Well, the other was uh, first was uh, Laurie's first open water yeah. dive and her first cave dive all in the yeah. same <laughs> yeah she's a good sport <laughs> she uh, still likes to talk about that yeah I've heard that story <laughs> yeah at El Ronde it's a beautiful place that's one of our favorite places near Grenada and uh, glad we got to see it and Lori was a great sport and it was uh, yeah super fun time for yeah. sure yep 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 yeah good times so what are some I mean I know you've got a gazillion of them I've heard a lot of them but what are some is there any single story that, um, at least right now, I know there's a bunch of them that pops in your mind that but we can't see them. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or a single place, you know. I mean, I think, you know, when we start going through our brain about all the places that we visited, we said there's always beautiful places. It all has palm trees and beaches and mountains and water and all these things, but it's the people that make it where we yeah. visit. Mm-hmm. And if you go to an island or a country that the people aren't friendly, then... Um, and by now we've traveled the globe and we've been to, I've got, I got to count up, but so many countries. We only have two more continents, one more continent to go and we've been to all of them. So um, we said that's what makes it. But all through the Eastern Caribbean was super fun. We had a great time and now we're in Panama, made our way west. And then we've been sailing in the Med and sailing in, uh, we sailed to Galapagos this past year, which, uh, or this year, which was a total surprise. And if anybody wants to go, they should do it. We yes, were talking about I that agree. at dinner. And Daryl's been there too. Yes. And had a great experience there. Phenomenal experience. Yeah. So, so many things stick out and, in our mind. And we found that there's a lot of things you can do on the cheap. You don't have to be 
the high roller. We can't afford to do that. Otherwise, we was well, we've been sailing now ten years, and so we we would have been done a long time ago. But um, there's just a lot of ways you can have a great time and um, do your own adventures and do it on the cheap. And it's, we think it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you've got the boat paid for. I think once you can have the boat paid for, you can really do it pretty cheap. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, you think yeah. about how much you spend just existing. I know the times I've traveled and worked for places that are outside the U.S. where they provided lodging and food and whatever and military and things like that. I mean, it's amazing how much you spend just being here in america sure. from taxes to insurance sure. to electric yeah. bill to all that's mm-hmm. gone yeah. all that's gone you don't all have a car gone. anymore I mean, probably, you don't have a house anymore you don't have all at least 50 percent of your expenses are gone yeah yeah um, exactly and i would say 50 percent of the boats are not insured so yeah it depends on they just are self-insured yeah, yeah because the insurance has gotten higher and higher and higher in some countries you're not covered yeah especially in the eastern caribbean um it's gotten so high because of the influence of uh, hurricanes lately and our boat is now 30 something years old and it's very difficult to build uh, to insure a home-built boat that's one disadvantage the second is a trimaran that's a dinosaur of a boat and the third thing is that uh, I'm driving it. (laughs) (laughs) But it is great. You know, we talk about that all the time is now that we've been traveling so much and, you know, you realize you can live in a small space, but you don't need that big house anymore. You don't need a big car and you don't need all these things you think you need. Your life becomes like this. And so now we always say we live in the ultra bubble because it's like all these things in the world over the last 10 years, even though we travel the globe you still are always surprised, like, they have something for that, or they have something for this, or, and then you realize, we don't need that anymore. We yeah. realize, I mean, we just barely got a phone <laughs> this year, really. really? Yeah, a smartphone. Yeah. This is our very first smartphone we ever had. Yeah, it's crazy. And we're yeah. still learning how to use Maybe it. Maybe it's had so. the old flip phone, or <laughs> yeah. some kind of cheapy that only dials or whatever. But um, yeah, so now we're just like, yeah, you realize, and so when we were, we just got back from Europe um, doing a three-month uh, backpacking sailing trip through Europe, and we were also on land um, living in um, Airbnbs and stuff like that, and you live in this small studio apartment, and you realize, oh my God, it's decorated by Ikea, and you think, this is all I need to survive, yeah. to operate from, that's your base, and so, yeah, anyway, we said, no more big houses or just have boats or small space or something. Yeah, I would say half the boats still have mortgages out there, so people are still paying on the boats. Uh, And if you're doing that, you have to have insurance. Um, Some marinas require only a liability insurance. Uh, Some only require that they ask you if you have insurance. You might not have insurance, but they're going to ask you, and you, yeah. So um, uh, I would say that your high cost would be number one is maintenance on the boat because uh, if. If you have a skill that's perfect, that uh, whatever it is, if your engine or your refrigeration or your um, autopilot or you know electronics, if you can do something like that, you can always find a job any day, every day. You could work every day in the uh, cruising community. Uh, wages are about $40 an hour to maybe 50 uh, Some people try to do 60 and they just don't get hired. But unless you're really, really good, then... Um, so... The maintenance on the engine, uh, number one thing that fails on uh, boats is refrigeration. And today, boats now operate with refrigeration and air conditioning and on and on. We all think we need that stuff until you lose a refrigerator and you find out, you know what, we can actually do this okay without refrigeration. Uh, We still have refrigerator and a freezer. Um, The second thing for long distance is obviously an autopilot, uh, also some kind of a reliable um, chart plotter or ipad or however you want and paper charts we still use paper charts too we, we have them on board we just in case yeah you know they're, they're old they're mm-hmm. no longer up to date um but they're there mm-hmm. um but a lot of those paper charts that daryl and i were talking about down in beckway there's a uh, island freighter that went aground and uh he's using uh, navionics it's old old uh out of date charts and he put a, a freighter on the rocks right there which is stupid but again he's following the charts at night and thinks that's where he can go and the charts are wrong and we actually documented it ourselves because we went by those and it said that we were on the rocks and we were actually in the water we took a photograph of that so um yeah but i think it was before we left like i took a course from um 
Jeremy, you know, the women's uh, diesel class, I took that. And um, Bill already knew how to work on our engine. That's a mistake. <laughs> but it helps a lot. It helps a lot because you mean she's an expert. <laughs> and then we were in St. Martin, so we're making our way down. And then St. Martin, our refrigerator died. And like so much money. And we said, what if this happens in the middle of nowhere? Can't we just learn it? Of course we could. So a guy taught us how to do it. We bought the equipment to learn how to do it. And now we're independent. And that's what we think. You become independent. You must become like self-sufficient, independent as much as you can because you want to be out there more. You don't want to be sitting in a marina where you have to spend a lot of money or sitting in a a harbor where you have to pay for anchorage or whatever, a mooring ball or something. So um, we wanted to have that independent lifestyle, right, of cruising. Yeah. So now we go far, and then we don't have internet either. Yeah, so we're way behind on that, too. I remember Joanne sitting uh, on the floor with a cocktail. I'm down in the engine room working, and she's just taking this class, and she said, you know, before we go, you should inspect that impeller. (laughs) And I said, honey, the impeller's good. We're okay. We don't need to do the impeller. No, it would be better if we did the impeller. No, we're So, you know, bang, 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 gripe, gripe, gripe. Three or four cocktails later, she's getting pretty insistent. So I take it apart, look at the impeller. Sure enough, one of the Blades is gone. <laughs> but going, you didn't tell her because she couldn't see down there. Exactly. You didn't exactly. tell her. Yeah, that's right. But that, you know, she was right. It was yeah. uh, a mistake that I had overlooked. And uh, but yeah, I don't yeah. know if she's going to be in the engine room when we get back to Panama because we got right. a lot of work to do. Uh, the boat sat there too long, four months. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, so if, if she's got a towing endorsement and you have to clean the toilets, now that she's the diesel expert, what do you have to do? To, <laughs> I'm making cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> But it is great, I think, because, um, you know, like we said, you have to have this chemistry that makes it work because we've seen a lot of couples not make it or crew members not make it. But I think because you talk about everything and you're together all the time. All the time. Or like a sponge, you know, you absorb like whatever his talent is. You know, I'm listening. I pay attention. And so you help each other like, okay, let's troubleshoot and let's do this. and And it builds your bond, makes you. Yeah, stronger, better, because all you're, the time. Did I yeah, mention that? Right. <laughs> but you're a machine. You're a machine. It's like going through living your dreams. So it's like you must, uh, yeah, learn a lot of stuff. All the time. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, it's been great. And like I said, I think we could y'all could have a, your own show on this uh, Vinyl Draft Radio here. But um, fortunately, we're out of time. Uh, again. It's always a pleasure to see y'all. I mean, the memories and then uh, to just hearing your adventures and the uh, y'all are a big inspiration for me to stick to the dream and stay on track to try and get the hell out of here. <laughs> and I and, uh, really, um, we do have a plan and we're looking forward to it. And um, so glad y'all took the time and you're, I mean, I know you're here and you want to see things and or maybe do nothing, but uh, thanks for coming out and doing this. Uh, Kevin, anything else? Um, not not really. Um, say all the icicle races with GBCA. That's my Thanks. contribution. Sounds good. Um, Weren't we supposed to go get the beer now? Yes. That's Woo-hoo! right. That's right. Okay. Happy hour. All right. The next uh, few episodes, you'll be with Kevin. And uh, whatever surprises he says uh, or has for you, I will be down in Grenada. Yes, uh, looking forward to that. And we'll keep you with more details when we get back. But thanks for uh, listening. Uh, This is uh, Steve Inch Radio, powered by Winward Steve Inch on Vinyl Draft Radio. And like I said, you can come see us on Pier 3 in lovely Waterford Harbor. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Email us at windwardseaventure.com. Or if you have questions, suggestions, or ideas for Steve Inch Radio, you can email steveventureradio at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And as always, get out there and feel the heel. Sea Venture Radio, a weekly radio show dedicated to those who love life on the bay. Sea Venture Radio, Tuesday afternoons at 2, powered by Windward Sea Venture in Kima, exclusively on Vinyl Draft Radio.